So we were surrounded by four Borg, right? And nobody ever talks about this, but they smell like old trash bags. What? Four? How'd you get out? It required unorthodox tactics. Durga kicked their butts with Vulcan Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, this one time, Ramsey and I stole Professor Rubichick's old special car and drove it into the bay. <laughs> it was hilarious. He was so pissed. I love Saul Rubichick. He was my mentor at the Academy. That car was his life. I spoke at his funeral. Uh, well, that was a long time ago. I still do stuff like that all the time. Last week, I put a scorpion in Ransom's bed. It was bad. He almost died. Do you often disrupt missions? No, I mean, I do regular Starfleet stuff, too. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Karnick, and with me in the away team are... Dinah McPhail. Max. Bill Woywad. Adam Bowen. And Rudy Kuspaper. Strange New Takes is a brand new Star Trek-themed pod. We're supposed to be covering Strange New Worlds, but with so much new Trek already, we're jumping in a little bit early. Today, we're super excited to bring you our Strange New Takes for Much Ado About Boimler. But before we get there, we want you... Uh, we want to encourage you to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also make sure to tell your friends to listen to us. We super love getting strange new listeners from all over the world, and your recommendations will get us there. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That rating will help us appear on search lists so that pe when people are up late at night and they just <laughs> need to have a Star Trek podcast, when they search for it, we will be there. And just as a heads up, this podcast and all our podcasts include spoilers. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch Much Ado About Boimler and don't want to be spoiled, um, feel free to hold off uh, until you watch the episode. And if it doesn't matter, just jump in and with us. All right, speaking of which, Much Ado About Boimler, written by M. Willis. I'm going to say that that name is Matterhorn Willis. Uh, nice. I think, I think it's the most reasonable choice. Yeah, yeah. The reason uh, it was abbreviated. Right, right. <laughs> uh, directed by Barry J. Kelly, the J, of course, standing for Jonas. Uh, brothers and <laughs> all the Jonas Brothers has one entity. <laughs> right, right. It's just huge fans, you know? huge fans. Huge um, And the in-universe date is five seven seven five two point six. Of course, twenty three eighty. Here's the episode summary stolen straight from Memory Alpha. Mariner tries to impress her best friend from Starfleet Academy, who is now a visiting captain. Boimler is sent to a Starfleet medical ship uh, after a transporter accident puts him out of phase. I think this is Dendi and Dog Erasure. Mm-hmm. It's true. So yeah, marginalized in this episode. Yeah, uh, you know, green people getting a, getting a not getting a fair shake in this uh, in this summary. Okay, strange new takes. I am gonna start. Um, has anybody considered what's the lowest step count they've gotten a day in COVID? I, I have. Uh, I have it's a brutal question. I don't know if I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Between the, the fridge and the bathroom, I think I've gone as low as, uh, I think I've hit 1,000 or maybe like 900, but yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right, that, that is a very strange take. So keep an eye out, guys. 
<laughs> Do you have a strange take for the episode too, or is that is that the one you're gonna stick with? <laughs> um, there are four lights. I'll just say that. Who's next? Okay, I'll jump in. So here's my strange new take. In the future, when historians are looking back and trying to pinpoint the exact moment that began the downfall of Western civilization, they will be able to identify <laughs> when You're already that, 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 that happened, jokes. when the anchovy was removed from the Caesar salad. Oh man! It's a travesty. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. Do, do Caesar salads not have anchovies anymore? Is see, that... see, yes, they're supposed Whoa. to. They are supposed yeah. to. It's already happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. Yeah, you, you might be right. <laughs> so, is this a Futurama strange new take or whatever? Oh. I'm pretty sure that was an episode. Ooh. <laughs> what star date did they remove? <laughs> and. Um, you know, in terms of Star Trek, my my strange new take is, you know, I think this is this is portending the um, maturation of Mariner and hey. her her leadership. Mm-hmm. Cool, mm-hmm. I like it. Well, I th- I think maybe I'll jump in with my strange new take since you're already talking about Mariner. Uh, so, uh, yeah. For me, this one's a little bit personal, and uh, I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to do... Or at first, I wasn't sure if I was allowed to do personal strange new takes, but everyone's talking about, like, distance to the bathroom and whatnot. So, uh, <laughs> I, Which is I not think... his favorite subject matter on the <laughs> I think Mariner uh, possibly grew up with a lot of sort of expectations that she's placed on herself mm. uh, based on how other people have uh, looked to her parents uh, grow, uh, sort of being a captain, being an admiral, doing great things. And I can see her growing up with lots of praise geared towards, oh, you're a natural, you're so smart, you're uh, like all these things that are sort of automatically good about her, uh, which perhaps as she went into actually doing things in, in Starfleet, uh, she started coming up against like... Uh, some difficulty with mm. what happens when she's bad at something and oh. when she she when it doesn't work out uh mm-hmm. for for me i i can see a lot of that i think i had uh probably more uh uh praise probably for the wrong types of things when mm-hmm. i was growing up uh instead of being praised for stuff like oh you like you worked so hard on this thing or like i know what, how much you care about this blah, blah blah it was often centered more on like you're so smart or or like that like mm-hmm. you things like that which uh for me kind of ended up uh stunting me a bit when i started coming up with things that i'm just genuinely bad at i get lots and lots <laughs> of anxiety when i am uh bad at something whether that's playing the viola or that's uh doing other things like that and um this episode sort of just gives us a lot of looks into uh an anxious mariner which mm-hmm. we don't really see too much of in previous episodes and uh i can see her it, it she she deals with it uh later on in the episode but yeah i think you're right about the the maturation of mariner is something that we're going to be dealing with and i know that that's something that uh took me a long time and i'm still uh uh if I if it's if something's hard, I want to give up instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of powering through. So I totally get Dude. it. Dude, that's 
so I'm, cool. I'm going I'm to give a strange new take based on that, which is that when you're doing a DIY project at home and you hit a wall, <laughs> just walk away from it and come back. And honestly, you will find a solution right away. Like, you, this is the oh, thing. For like, sure. You want to give up and then it, it like hitting your head against the wall for like an hour doesn't make any sense. Just walk <laughs> away, eat something and come back and you'll, you'll have a solution. This episode, um, I think my strange new take is that this is the most normal Star Trek episode Lower Decks has had. Mm. Or at least mm. it's the most normal Star Trekky crisis that the Lower Decks people have faced, and maybe mm. it's because Mariner's the first officer. It's, yeah. a, it's not really Lower Decks. <laughs> um, but but watching this, I was like, "Huh, this feels like, uh, you know, whatever. Pick your poison Star Trek series episode. It feels like that." Yeah. So I was, I mean, I, my strange new take originally, and I think it's still going to be this, um, was distance learning related, but I just had parent-teacher conferences on Friday, Bowen. So like, you're like <laughs> speaking my language. A lot of people, are, people are like, man, whenever he, whenever he's like challenged, he just gives up and I don't know why. I'm like, have you ever considered maybe just praising the effort and not the outcome? And they were like, no, it's never, that's an important never thing. Occurred to me. <laughs> but so it screws my up your kids, everybody. Yeah, just please just just praise the effort that they give rather than the outcome and their brains. That's really important. Um, my my actual strange new take is that distance learning is just an excuse for children to show me their dogs on camera in the middle of class, and I'm like, <laughs> both. I have to be like, listen, it's really important that you follow directions and you listen. And at other time, I'm also at the same time being like, show me all of your dogs. I want to see them. I want to know their names. I want to know their personality traits, and I want you to give me them. So. So I'm like in it and I'm, I'm supposed to be like the responsible adult, but I'm not. Um, my strange take for this episode is that of all of the episodes so far, this one should not be named Much Ado About Boimler because every other episode should be called Much Ado About Boimler. <laughs> and this episode should be like, Boimler has a normal adventure, I guess. Like it's, <laughs> it's a very strangely named one, given that every other episode really focuses on all of his like misdeeds and Mariner running around trying to save him. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, my strange new take is it's going to be you know a little different. I think than some of the other ones we've heard here. Um, I am just very happy to see that Norwegian black metal is alive <laughs> and well in the 24th century. Mm. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a lieutenant uh, in the visiting command party uh, who he's got the long hair. He's got some markings on his face that looks uh, look just like corpse paint. <laughs> He's got this dead stare. I mean, this dude rocks. And uh, yeah, I was just really happy to see him turn up on this episode. I want to know more about whatever uh, species he is. Coming up later. So yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I have that info for you. Uh, I think that's all of our strange new takes. So why don't we jump in to talking about story and writing. And I have a hypothesis. I have a hypotenuse. I am Pythagoras. How slanted that is. Yeah, I have a 90 degree. Okay, so I have a hypothesis, which is that the writers, at least for part of this story, their prompt was, what if that lame transporter noise never ends? Like they were watching an episode of Star Trek and were like, what happens if that sound just keeps going and like it never stops? What if? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is this a question to us? No, no. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just using that as, 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 as a segue into story and writing. What do you all think about um, this episode's story and writing? Yeah, for me, I thought 
uh, again, I think they, they, they've become com- comfortable with the fact that they uh, break up the crew into multiple um, you know, side plots and then um, run them different ways. Um, so that it seems to be working. Um, I liked, um, we've, we've all been talking about Mariner, so I liked the dive into her past some more. Um, and going back to what you were saying, Notch, about this may be the most normal uh, episode. Um, I, I kind of agree, but, um, I, I feel that the whole, the whole, um, the whole, the whole part about, um, I forget, I forget what were we talking about it, the, uh, the bog stuff, right? The bog mm-hmm. stuff. Um, the aliens were there for like, what, five seconds. And I think mm-hmm. that was, that was really, really short. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah. It was so short that I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> 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 I forgot that they were there that. until just now. So, yeah. I mean, my favorite line from that planet was, our brackish good wishes or whatever. They have really, like, <laughs> little, so like, brackish <laughs> thanks. <laughs> they look Flebus? like... What was his name? Flebus? Uh, bra- brackish gratitude. gratitude. Brackish gratitude. That's what it is. But they also look like... I mean, there's a there's a deep sea creature that they look like. It's not a sea cucumber, but it's something similar. Yeah, it's like a salamander. Salamander. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. there's like the little Newt. things off of the head. It's cute. Really cute. I feel like this episode made me think that um, the writers are not going to tell us what actually happened with Mariner until the very end of the se- of the season, because like mm-hmm. we had Mariner's actual best friend, and she's best friend canonically, like they, they acknowledge their friendship, um, and her best friend doesn't seem to actually know what happened on, in Mariner's command, and Mariner doesn't actually say what happened in her command, and Mariner also doesn't like come clean at any point, like honestly about what Mm. happened in the command so like it seems like if there was ever going to be an opportunity for the writers to like introduce a new character and have her and mariner have that mariner have that trust with that person this would be the episode you know that we would learn Mm. stuff and so it it makes me think that further down the line what what why the reason they're withholding is that further down the line they're going to give us this information but it's going to be like um maybe against mariner's will or something somebody's going to like force mariner to say something but it's not by choice. And so that we're going to see that at the end of this, of the season, but we won't see it before the end of the season. That's my prediction based off of what we see in this episode. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I kind of previously was thinking like, Oh, it's probably just something dumb. Like uh, because of political reasons, she got like demoted. I, I didn't think that it would be something they would actually delve into, but I think you're right. They, they, this episode kind of convinced me that there's something that actually like plot wise that happened that's more interesting than just like I uh mouths off to a senior officer this one time and then mm-hmm. got demoted. Um so yeah, I, I I'm intrigued to see what it is. But from the tone of the series, it's probably not like some terrible cliffhanger that's like gonna uh best of both <laughs> worlds part one us or something. But <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, folks, if you hear a car alarm going on forever, it's because there's a car alarm in Max in my neighborhood and all the windows are closed. <laughs> so just heads up. It's distracting to us. Hopefully it's not super distracting to you. Um, we'll just push on through it and we'll figure it out. Okay. The next <laughs> time you guys try to steal a car, if you could just wait until after the podcast. <laughs> you can't tell me what to be, be Bill. It's, I am who I am. Gone in 60 seconds. I am Nick Cage. Time is money. Max is Angelina Jolie. I, I always it's has gone. I, I think... 
this so this story was basically chain of command right like mm-hmm. right right yeah. down mm-hmm. to the outfits like yeah the the seed that uh, the senior officers have to go plant has been previously established in the star trek universe as a, as a cardassian plant mm-hmm. and the chain of command obviously it's picard gets picked up by the cardassians so i will say that I'm. I, I still appreciate the hom- homages, mm-hmm. but this one was a little too like in your face. Like this is TNG, but <laughs> it's not. And like right but down different. to the right uh, to to the point where Mariner references Jellicoe. Like there's no reason she should know that. And like I get <laughs> right. it. It's like a fun little reference, but like you know, it's kind of like when Tom Paris is like, and you know, I have this ancient music that i listen to classical the backstreet boys haha <laughs> pause for effect like it's kind of like one of those where it's like it just it i know why it's there i know why the writers wanted to put that there but it just mm. didn't it didn't quite work for me and there were several moments in this episode where i feel like it's just like i get it this is next generation <laughs> thanks we're all there <laughs> right um it's, so it's- so it's continuing on to the next episode, isn't it? I saw um, them in those suits in the preview, I think. Right. At least in the they're, costume version. <laughs> yeah. They're doing something. And and spoiler for the next week's episode, skip ahead like 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, it's going to be a trial episode because they mm-hmm. referenced that in the, in the um, one of the panels that I listened to. But anyway. Totally. Hmm. I, I had something that just, just occurred to me as we were, you were talking about, Nudge. Um, I feel like... Of the two different storylines, the compelling, the funny, compelling storyline, obviously, was the all the strange ailments that disappear into mm-hmm. the, the farm. But like, if we think about Mariner's storyline, we do learn a lot about Mariner, but we don't necessarily learn enough about Mariner to then to have the storyline matter in terms of long term plotting. If that makes sense, like we learn that she seems yeah. to have some sort of anxiety, and she also seems to be willing to lie to her best friends. For some reason, we don't really know necessarily what that is to avoid the anxiety, perhaps because like she's she p- pretends to be super cool with Ramsey, and being first like first mm-hmm. officer, mm-hmm. but then like she lies for the majority of the episode and pretends to be a bumbling idiot, even though she's agreed to like work with her friends and she doesn't and she's like getting in her friends her friends away, but like we don't we already kind of knew that her morality was a little bit fudgy sometimes we already knew that mm-hmm. she was you know sort of marching to her own beat but we like we don't learn enough about her and we don't get enough progression of her character to like actually make this storyline with her matter in any real capacity if that makes sense it doesn't yeah i put us forward. My, my initial i had the same reaction the first time i watched it and the second time i enjoyed it more i my hope is that they're with this episode they're teeing up something that's mm-hmm. gonna come later but yeah. yeah if they don't capitalize on it it's like yeah it's just more we already knew all this about mariner it's just kind of more the same yeah uh why don't, why don't we actually jump into character development uh conversations and start with mariner because and just continue this chat there because when i first watched this episode my first impression of when mariner was taking a dive as captain ramsey said i just couldn't I, I bought it. Like, I was like, yeah, she's just an idiot sometimes. And she's doing really dumb stuff. And then when it was revealed that she's, like, whiffing on purpose, um, I guess it made sense. Uh, but I, in some ways, yes. I feel like we, we saw this previously. Like, she's uncomfortable with being promoted. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. 
cool. Right, yeah. Um, I think the thing that this episode did, and this references the, the, the thing Bill is talking about, it just raises a lot of questions in my head about, like, who she was at the mm-hmm. Academy. Like, the, we, we learned that she was... Uh, what, was the, what was the quote I put it in here? Um, uh, she, she had the best grades. and mm-hmm. Kept everyone think, on track, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's something I think I haven't... I mean, the keeping everyone on track thing we've seen with her interactions with Boimler. Like, she seems to be going back into that a little bit with him. But we haven't really had an indication, I don't think, previously that she was, like, super smart. Like, the one of the best in Starfleet. And I feel like that, like, like you're saying, Bill, it just makes me... It, it raises all those questions, which then, if the writing is leading where you think it is, uh, hopefully those get answered at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, so, so the reason I say that is because, you know we kind of get more of the same for most of the episode, right? Okay. She doesn't like authority or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, being in a position of authority, but then in the end she gets her act together, right. And steps up and, mm-hmm. you know, actually is in a, a leadership role and <clears throat> seems to do okay with it. So that that's why I suspect that we might see more of that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I actually had called out that I felt she had heightened senses in, in one of the episodes with That's that crazy. Genesis fluid, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the was like pressure dropping, humidity rising, but you guys were like, no, that's the regular <laughs> woman's sense. <laughs> 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 that's, that's curly hair. It's not, it's not woman's sense. That's a textured hair situation. <laughs> <laughs> Extra female powers, obviously. Space, but Nutch's, space ladies. Yeah, Dinaj's point... Um, she was expected to make captain first. That's what Amina said, right? Like in her class. Mm-hmm. So um, there's there's definitely something there. And, and and there's, for me, there was a bit of a contradiction where when she was first called out by the Vulcan name, mm-hmm. Durga. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, as, hey, you're still an ensign. I mean, you, you haven't made captain, you're still an ensign. And, and so she was sad. But then at the same time, at the end, she turned down the offer anyways, right? After everything was done. So it, it looks like she has a goal in mind. Is she there to watch over Boimler, who is like some weird mm-hmm. super creature? I don't know. It, makes, yeah. it makes me wonder a little bit, like, I don't know, Max, do you think she has like self, like um, self-destructive tendencies? Is that something that we kind of see at all in other episodes? Or is this just, like sort of seem like it just got dropped in this episode? I mean, I think we kind of see that throughout, whether it's sort of a self-destructive streak or, you know, maybe just um, failure to, to kind of live up to the pressures of the moment when when things are on the line. Although she does kind of come through in the end in most circumstances. I mean, related to this conversation, I, I guess a question that came up for me is how old is she? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like also what what is like the typical age to make captain in starfleet because mm-hmm. you know i guess like this episode had me sort of rethinking all of all of that in my mind mm-hmm. um i didn't know that you know people kind of in this age range made captain but maybe they do yeah. um i don't know what do, what do you all think about that i, well, was, I guess I, sorry go ahead it, it's it's been like a hundred years or whatever since uh kirk well so in the current timeline kirk uh i think was youngest to captain and uh However, I feel like uh, there was some sort of distinction about um, Riker that mm-hmm. he might have uh, been on track for that. So yeah, it maybe since Riker, they they've mm. made it uh, much shorter timelines. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. But then also, Harry Kim was an ensign for the entirety of Voyager and never got promoted so ever. Bogus. So, so like, bogus. I mean, there I think there's yeah. there might be a, there might be a, a joke in that too. But it's like. 
you know, it, it sort of it often will meet the show's needs versus like actually be in any particular like structure or expectations. Like a, mm-hmm. I don't think the society of Starfleet is ever really like nailed down. It's like whatever is Starfleet is this because you're not this or you know those the, the yeah, it's yeah. convenient to the moment. Um, and so that makes me wonder too with the same thing with Max is like. If they're in their 20s, that's really early to be a captain. But if she's in her 30s and is 10 years or so older than Boimler, then that's a different story. So Kirk was 32 when he took command of the Enterprise. So yeah, but in, 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 in the Kelvin timeline, right. in Star Trek 2009, <laughs> he goes from being a cadet to being a captain in like a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, is my expectations, honestly. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that that I feel like the Kelvin timeline they have like that kind of like old timey British Navy situation where like mm-hmm. they right. purchase their ships and commissions, yeah, um, and or are commissioned as a captain, you know. But so so I would say thir- mid thirties because of one other thing at the end of this episode she's talking about how she's trying to find herself and that's one of the reasons that she's staying an ensign mm-hmm. and that sounds like a early midlife crisis to me yeah, or like one of those millennial uh, situations i don't relate to that at, at all. all not even a little bit <laughs> right she's like i'm i've bought a cappuccino maker it's pretty great like but uh, it's fun my for life. a while. <laughs> my so, marble countertops are so taking up vaping uh so, <laughs> Wait, so, here, so, right. <laughs> so it, it makes me wonder if she's going to rise through the ranks a little bit during the series or does she stay or and do the other characters our lord deck characters stay ensigns in the series or do they get promoted like are we going to see a bunch of harry kims or do we see them slowly rising through the ranks? I guess it does raise the question of mm. how long this show will be on TV, too. Like, what's the projection? If it's, like, going to go on forever, then, yeah, there has to be some level of change. Because otherwise, it is sort of like the Simpsons situation where, you know, they're perpetually in fifth grade or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's, And that's mm-hmm. fine for the Simpsons because the Simpsons is episodic. This is also episodic, but it's there's an idea that there's a storyline that is progressing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of does bring up that question and we talk, i think in the beginning like a few episodes ago of this podcast we max and bowen were talking about like you know there's there's sort of an, a, a quality of like that we get the same sort of storylines over and over again and how currently the beginning of the series the season that's not really an issue but like in season two that might be a really big issue and it might be like yeah. we're just copying and pasting this kind of situation mm-hmm. and so that could be part of that too that there's if there's no real growth for people or if we're all sort of always in the in the bumbling lower decks situation then that might be an issue and so it's it raises a bunch of questions that i hadn't really thought of before in the situation of like the structure of not just this episode or this season but like of the entire show what does that look like given the the pieces the ingredients that we have so far like the with the chopped champions basket what comes out of it you know what i mean so my, my strange new take is that uh, they are all going to be promoted. And at the end of the series, we're going to uh, have season or series finale. And they will now be a uh, high enough rank where we can have Star Trek Cerritos. And it'll be a live action series uh, oh, with them uh, playing shit. their characters. And that's the, that was the plan the whole time. Damn. <laughs> That's really oh, if that. that comes true, I'm gonna be so mad because it's such a good prediction. <laughs> <laughs> and and all of the like characters kinda look like their real life counterparts, so like they could actually have the yeah. same actors play um play their characters. But um, let's let's move on and talk about Boimler. What did y'all think of Boimler in this episode? What did we learn about him? 
I feel like he he was already kind of an annoying character, and I think in this episode he just took it to another level. I mean, he's not just you know he's not just a guy who is um, you know kissing ass to get ahead in terms of how his superiors see him. I mean, he is somebody who like he threw everybody under the bus Mm -hmm. on this quarantine ship, and uh, yeah, I think he's he's getting sort of like less sympathetic by the week uh, Mm -hmm. in in my eyes anyway. Yeah, I wrote the note yeah. that I wrote is Boimler is such a snitch. That's, yeah. that's all I wrote about it. I have those. I have Boims and uh, Snitch in my notes. <laughs> Listen, kids, if we teach you one thing in this podcast, it's don't snitch on anyone. And it's the second time he's done it. He did it in Temporal Edict too. He did. Yeah, I think like I don't know Boimler like. Well, he was pressured in Temporal Edict. He was. Um, and then this one, he was trying to find middle ground. He he did it to. To help improve conditions in the appropriate. I don't know. Way. I mean, if you, walk in, if you walk really into quickly. if you walk into that into into that ship and it's like the evil. It's like what did I write? I wrote it's like, um, like evil chocolate factory. You know, like, <laughs> nobody goes in, nobody comes out. Like that kind of thing. Like welcome to the haunted mansion. No one lives last last longer than a night. Kind of situation. Or like Rasputin from uh, Anastasia, the animated movie. If anyone's seen that, it's a little bit like mustache twirly and stuff. And you walk in there, and then you see like everybody being miserable, and like wanting something better. And you go, you know what I should do? I should tell this evil doctor. <laughs> all about their plans because that's definitely going to help everything like uh, you can find a middle ground by negotiating without being like oh by the way everybody else here is planning to overthrow you because i'm a really good person you know i don't know i agree well and like he he kind of sounds like that's what in his mind he was doing because he's like so we should sit all around a conference table and like oh and it's like (laughs) surprised that he's grabbing a gun on the wall (laughs) but yeah <laughs> we I mean, shall discuss this by force. Is, it is one of the funniest, like, this episode is one of the funniest long running jokes about a Star Trek trope in and of itself, which I think was really funny. Like, you know, there's there seems to be no training in aca- the Academy at all for, like, random star based diseases or, you know, conditions that can't, can't, like, doctors are like, I've never seen this. Captain Picard, you could just be a child for the rest of your life. Who even knows? I mean, you're a slug person. Was that a Janeway? Janeway in Paris, Paris. who like slugs for a while. I think it's Anthony, like the joke about Anthony, right? Like, <laughs> like there's this whole thing about like the transporter causing horrible accidents and like no one, everyone's like, I didn't ever learn about this in the academy. I'm like, what the fuck are you, are you teaching them at the academy? <laughs> that this like real serious life threatening thing, which is actually apparently common because every single series has an episode like this at some point point like what Don't what is happening 10, guys so yeah. exactly so it's like i don't know this this ongoing trope so the the storyline with boimler is super funny but i agree with max that like what we saw about boimler's character was not particularly uh great it wasn't uh uh really charming or well and it's clear that they're writing him as a middle schooler basically like yeah. he's he's you know you know the rutherford he's like but you're like, not paying attention listen, you're i mean love. honestly if he were a middle schooler most of the middle schoolers i know would be like you suck <laughs> like i don't want to play with you because he's he's the kind of person who's like guys stop it miss me miss me feel like they said i could play and then i can't play and people yeah. like oh my god stop whining stop it like that's kind of the kind of middle schooler that he's it that he is right now yeah you know so he's not even like a cool middle schooler because there definitely are them a lot of them <laughs> And he, he's he's so self conscious, but at the same time he loses it entirely, right? So he was he wanted to make an impression, 
and then it went sideways, right? Um, but he couldn't stop himself from going on the bridge. He goes there with this <laughs> phase, yeah. out of phase disturbance noise, and he's like trying to do stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> slink in. Like I'm gonna make an impression oh. with this phased out. That was a pretty <laughs> funny visual gag, though. The like, extended scene of him like sneaking onto the bridge, just pretending everything's cool. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Nobody wants a sparkly captain. Let, let's let's talk about yeah. Dendi and and the dog. Um, I think one of the things we figured out about her is that she has no idea what dogs are like. How though? She went to the isn't the academy on Earth? How do you not? There's know. no yeah. dogs in the academy. Oh, uh, yeah, the, the ever since uh, uh, Archer's Beagles, maybe there haven't been any dogs. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I think it's yeah. interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was Pardon. just saying it kind of connects back to the plot stuff. That dog plot, I didn't quite get that well i just wonder if they try to connect it with the whole d14 farm thing and just needed somebody to go along with boimler but hmm. yeah it, it, it just didn't make sense i think there were some actually interesting things in there they like put in little references to things like gas nine and genetic uh, modification which is essentially the crispr stuff i read up on it a little bit hmm. um but but yeah that was so um so out there and and i think it was I think it was a disservice to Tendi to just like have her come up and not know dogs and then also um, just create something that's a potential danger, right? Like, I, I don't know, right? Like, and it almost looks like, again, going back to Rutherford, like people have the ability to create stuff that can be uh, of mass negative effect, right? Or like, R.I.P. Yeah, I mean, going back to the, trib- <laughs> the, the dribbles and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I mean, is is there reality tied to that, right? Like, I guess if somebody, I mean, people can like build flamethrowers in their garages today. If somebody had that a thousand years ago, that would be a big deal, right? They could they could change the course of civilization. So, is this an indication that as we just you know keep evolving um, technologically, the power to like mess up people is, is there in the hands of the, the individual I don't, I, mean, the dog, I, I don't know that the dog storyline is really yeah, a, a larger it's real one. deep <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think it does bring up the question of like what the actual rules are about genetic modification in general like are there rules and i think whenever somebody like the tribbles thing when anybody like genetically modifies they're like you're not supposed to do that but there's no like well it's definitely not with humans or or with no. uh well actually i don't I guess they've only ever, I don't know if they've mentioned it for anyone else except for humans in terms of mm-hmm. uh, it, it being, like, banned. Um, hmm. I think with Tendi, like... what's interesting is that she, like, I mean, it does kind of just underscore things we already knew about her. It tells us that she's a brilliant scientist and she can, you know, play with genetics just as well as she yeah. can play with, like, engineering. Um, so she's, like, re- a super scientist because she has, like, lots of different specialties rather than it's just one. But then Six... also, like, with her... Six, yes. billion, six billion sequences manually. That's what yeah, she did. Yeah, on like, bathroom yeah. breaks. You know, that's what yeah. she was doing. Um, but then also that when she chose to, like, modify something, she chose to create her best friend. Like, right? It's like a dog is a best friend. Yeah. So, it, it again, it underscores, you know, what Tenny's looking for in general. But it didn't really do anything in terms of advancing her character. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> I really want some more character development for Tendi. I feel like we got a little bit for Rutherford last mm-hmm. time, but it, she's still very one-dimensional, and I hope that they develop her more later. J- just one little um, side note. 
uh, I think uh, this is the first time on screen that they have mentioned Orion. So I think we all, I mean, it was kind of obvious that she's an Orion, but um, they they hadn't actually mentioned it. Yeah, Mm. definitely. I think for me, it reinforced that she is fascinated by process over product sometimes mm-hmm. and that she just enjoys the work and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the pieces of the work. But I, man, it all just blew me away with this ethical discussion because now that I think about it, she created <laughs> sentient Josh, I... life. Mm-hmm. She created sentient life. Yeah. And that is like, ugh. And like, yeah. not, not even like, she didn't take a dog and like modify it, which is bad enough. Mm-hmm. But she like, made sentient life out of nothing it wasn't a holodeck like right. she could create an entire new species of people uh super intelligent and, in and we ha- yeah we, we have literally had star trek episodes about how this is wrong so right exactly the most the most you know, consequence she gets so far in this episode at least and it probably will because you know episodes often like stick within their own bounds is like she went off to the farm with her dog <laughs> and then came back and no one was like maybe a hearing or an investigation of some kind is really important and valuable. They're just like, no, this ensign can just create this sentient being and take it away and come back and do more stuff with, you know, medical processes. I don't know. I mean, to, to be fair, the only time that any character in Star Trek has been uh, punished, oh, uh, two times. Uh, one was, uh, first was Tom Paris in terms of what we saw. And then the second time was uh, uh, Michael Burnham. And that, yeah. and both of them ended up uh, in literally the same rank, like, Within a little while, so yeah. oh, actually, maybe Tom Paris never went back up. He did. Actually, he did. It was like he did six episodes later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> doesn't take long. Poor Harry yeah. Kim. He's been trying yeah. so hard. <laughs> never got promoted. Ugh. Yeah. Any any comments about Rutherford? We didn't see a whole lot of him in this episode. No, I mean not really. I, don't I got know. nothing I, on Rutherford. I I I enjoyed that whole. Uh, sort of like play between him and and Boimler and I and I guess it it sort of furthered the like he experiments with random stuff and uh doesn't test it super well but uh, <laughs> is is good intentioned and it turns out in the end. How, yeah. I have a question though. I mean, based on that the interaction at the beginning which was really fun when so Boimler goes boim me up and which is like, you know, a throwaway <laughs> line. How does Mariner know that he said boy me up so that she can go boy us out of here at the end of the episode like she was never there she was in a completely different place no one was like and then like boimler was like phasing in and out so it wasn't like he was like oh by the way awesome joke i just told boy me up it's just not con- it, not consistent took me right out of the episode yeah literally unwatchable it's, it's yeah. the worst Ruins i hate the show yeah. star trek's ruined my life <laughs> Yeah, so I have another continuity error actually to tell you about with Rutherford, which is that when Boimler comes back and he meets Rutherford at the what looks like the bar, he says, "Oh, you're better. Oh, wow." Except in the next minute, we see Ramsey and Mariner who are also okay, and Rutherford had to have seen that, so that he shouldn't be surprised unless he's just like feigning surprise for Boimler's sake, which doesn't really make any sense. But anyway, um. With that, I want us to take a quick break. We shall return with uh, the rest of our show. (sighs) Wait, you knew she could talk and walk? Yeah, of course she can talk. She's a dog. Normal dogs don't do any of that stuff. They don't? Wait, but normal dogs hover and spit lightning, right? No, none of that! Oh, well then, this is starting to make a lot more sense. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. We're talking about character development and the things we learned. Next on my list is Captain Amina Ramsey. 
Mariner's best friend, played by uh, Tox Ola Gundoye, who is a Nigerian actress who went to Smith College, actually. Hey, what's up? What's doing, man? <laughs> I used your library for my studies. Thank you so much for letting me use your library, Tox. Obviously. <laughs> so, Massachusetts baby. <laughs> any any feelings about uh, Captain Ramsey? I mean, she's a pretty by the book, like good Starfleet officer captain, right? Yeah, it, so? and it is nice to have like other captains show in, show up, and they're not like secretly evil or anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she she it was just honestly like competent and like had uh, important questions to ask our characters, and it wasn't because of like uh manipulative intentions it was like checking it up on her friend and being like what's going on why aren't you mm-hmm. like applying yourself in these ways yeah you're better than this well notch you you referenced that line about captain jellico at the beginning of the episode <laughs> and i mean yeah she she's the opposite of that right she's not some incompetent you know fascist sort of dictator captain who shows up uh she she's doing a great job and i mean not to not to make the conversation here about uh mariner again but i think for me you know having her show up really just highlighted um how far behind mariner mm-hmm. is in her own development and, yeah. and everything yeah I think what I liked about Ramsey is that she seemed like the really good center of the Venn diagram between like who Mariner is now and the other bridge crews that we've seen in the past, like super. So she's not like super serious. She can have fun. She can relax. She can also be Mm -hmm. kind of impertinent and like make fun of other people. And like, you know, she made fun of the other captain, like, I'm going to save you again or whatever. Like, you know, she's, she's able to be a full person who's not just, they're like, I'm bridge crew, and bridge crew's the most important crew. And she's also not Mariner, who's, you know, uh, undermining herself and um, bumbling in some way. And so it, she, it shows that it's definitely possible. And that there's a way that Mariner is sort of um, sort of hiding herself, you know? Because she, she's thinking that, like, in order to be a, a captain, I have to be completely not me. And that Ramsey shows that that's not actually true. Like, she can be all the things that she is and just more responsible and she won't lose anything. And so I think that's a nice representation, but I don't necessarily know that that was given a lot of like recognition in the episode itself. So I really liked her actually as a character. I thought she was really a really cool mm-hmm. introduction and it wasn't somebody that was like I I never need to see you again. Like I'd like to see her again. That would be really fun. Mm-hmm. And this was a, a essentially a crossover from a different Star Trek show, right? Like that's there mm-hmm. there's a, there's a Star Trek show out there where Captain Ramsey and the other Brit stuff that we saw are doing their own thing, saving other Starfleet ships, as, as you just mm-hmm. referenced, and, and having adventures. And we just saw them on our ship for a little bit. Now, the speaking of which, let's move on to talking about those officers from the Oakland who come with Captain Ramsey. They are all played by A-list voice actors. Like, these, these are, hmm. like, the best of the best. Jennifer freaking Hale who is like, Yo. if you've played Mass Effect, if you have played yeah. Elite Force, if you have, <laughs> oh, if you've I done have. anything <laughs> in video games or or watched <laughs> cartoons or whatever, you have heard Jennifer Hale a whole hell of a lot. She is a star. She played both um, Durga, the Vulcan, and the dog, by the way. <laughs> Which is the funny thing. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Masterful the dog performance. That's so good. You had Maurice LaMarche as Pratchett the Rigelian, who's, he's, I think, um, 
forget which one of the two he is from Pinky and the Brain, but he's in there and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, shit. Vanessa Marshall played Odessa Warren. She's the Trill. Um, and she, again, like, you look at her resume, and it is full of, like, A-list stuff that she has done. And so... I, it, it almost made me wonder, like, is this an act, like, were they, like, right. doing a Strange Spin New off. Worlds kind of, like, little test balloon and seeing how this, like, other cast did? Because, mm-hmm. um... It would be weird to have them be, like, on for a minute, maybe even less, of screen time mm-hmm. and have them be that serious, too. Yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm into it. And it, yeah. if we could even do it, uh, a a series where we we are always the subcap on random other ships <laughs> and like trying to clean up the mess or whatever. <laughs> Star Trek subcaps. <laughs> Max, you talked about the Rigelians, and I promised yeah, you an explanation. So Pratchett, the um, what, what's that? What's that? What's the metal series? The cartoon metal series. Oh, Metal Oh, Metal Yeah, they're not from the Metal planet. They're actually. You should know that. That's the crossover cartoon we need. They so much of that. The they were actually inhabitants of Rigel Five, introduced in Journey to Babel from TOS, and they have actually shown up in Enterprise a whole hell of a lot. So they didn't. They were one of those series that show. Aliens that didn't show up much after TOS. I think there's like a reference somewhere in uh, DS9. But then they're in Enterprise a whole heck of a lot. So I will say that this dude's like drawing is very not like their actual appearance in my mind. But I mean, it's a cartoon. Yeah, do so they look like that in Enterprise or do they have a not different quite. look? Not okay. quite. They just look very different. I'll, I'll, okay. He's just burning yeah. churches, intergalactic churches and putting them Yeah, once you burn enough churches, maybe you start looking like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. A, oh. Mm. Huh. Yeah. That's that's very different. Not just showing us a picture. I mean, it's right still <laughs> kind of metal. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's yes, kind of cool. It, yeah. <laughs> so just differently metal. Yeah. I would, I would, it's I a different mid, genre. Mid-face triangles, please, uh. please, and thank you. <laughs> so, so Bill, did you have any feelings on any of these little characters who showed up for a few minutes? No. I thought the guy was. I thought the Rigelian was cool. <laughs> I mean, they, they look yeah. cool. Yeah. They're <laughs> capable of a lot of like really hard-hitting clapbacks and like criticisms. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I feel like they like definitely existed to be the place of Captain Freeman in this episode, where Captain Freeman's like, "You're irresponsible." And Captain mm-hmm. Freeman's not even mm-hmm. on, the, on, on the ship, and so now like Ramsey's like, "She's my friend." And everyone's like, "I hate everything you do," and <laughs> I trust my captain, but I hate you for no reason. <laughs> the end. And like that's the only reason that they're there. A little bit more of middle school. Maybe unstable stuff i don't know um <laughs> who who is so did amina have a first officer before this like was it one of right. those three or or did, like once you become a captain you get like three people well maybe, maybe that person is in charge of the oakland now mm, that's so, fair so that that mm, might be sense. um ah. the way that that goes so mm-hmm. yeah do you often disrupt missions durga damn <laughs> like bloody <laughs> hell Whoa. First, first time at the gate, my friend. Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, are you on a different mission? Are you coming with us? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I got into oh, my just. Let, let's just read the episode and not really. Oh, <laughs> this is Notchikhead performs your favorites. Brought to you by Notch. <laughs> um, final character development: uh, Creepy Ransom. His fort- mean, photon torpedo. I feel like, yeah, yikes. I feel like this is a, it's a real crime that Emily is not here because I feel like she's been waiting 
for Ransom to get his ass kicked since episode one. Yes. <laughs> and now yes. it has finally come and she isn't even even here to like comment on it. So for Emily and Emily's honor, it's pretty we'll, awesome. We'll to set aside a few minutes next week for you, Emily, so right. that you can you can uh, rejoice in this moment. And, Bless up. <laughs> and, and f- I mean, yeah, he's gross. He's he's kind of he's gross. You know? Yeah, know. of course he's the kind of guy who does a bunch of bicep curls and probably nothing else at the like gym. You know, yeah. uh, he is exactly that type of person. But I also like I feel like I, I would, that one episode um, where he and Mariner are like in prison together and they're all like, why am I so turned on by this? Why am I attracted? Like, oh come, like I feel like there's something because even Ramsey like points out or like asks Mariner about um, Ransom like romantically or sexually in this episode, mm-hmm. and so I feel like. As much as I don't want Mariner and Boimler to happen, I also don't want Mariner and Ransom to happen. I just I want Mariner to like be flirty, 30, 30 flirty and thriving. I don't want her to like be in a relationship with anybody. Mm-hmm. And so is there a lot of like that kind of stuff dropped, which I'm a little leery about. Yeah, I, I do wonder if they're pushing Ransom a little too far on the irredeemable side. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, moving on, we, we always talk about the expansion to the world of Trek that this episode gave us. My favorite one this week was that the Borg smell. <laughs> trash bags. <laughs> I mean, that's what their costumes are made Old out of. It's just bags. trash bags, so it makes sense. <laughs> so that was, that, was, uh, that was a fun one. Also, the fact that there are many bike chairs. I mean, it makes sense. I just want to go to the bike chair <laughs> manufacturing facility when they test was- the little beep. It was a little I mean, bit like Ezekiel Rage, too, if anybody ever watches The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, which is, like, way back, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, there's a kid that was a villain in that uh, in that show. was called Ezekiel Rage, and he was wheelchair-bound yeah. and spoke through, um, like, a computer, kind of like Stephen Hawking style. Yeah. Um, and he was a very, very scary villain. He was actually a super cool villain. Um, and he had a really good reason to want revenge, too, which is, I mean, you should all watch that. Um, but it kind of reminds, that, that pike chair always reminds me of Ezekiel Rage, because I saw Real Adventures of Johnny Quest first, and then I saw <laughs> the original series. And so now, whenever I see it, I'm just like, mm, I don't mm, I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. It makes me sad. I, I mean, I, I just, I was just kind of like, oh, I guess we never figured out how to help out anyone that's doing the pike stuff so yeah so, just yeah, so I, I just got chair. real sad when i, I saw yeah. them and then they're like oh and there's there's three of them oh delta yeah. radiation yikes um yeah stay away from the bog stuff. the bog planet is the worst planet to to have an away mission on we learned that we met the bog planet people we <laughs> in terms of planets them. yeah in terms I, I feel of like I, I feel like in terms of uh in terms of episodes those kind of those planets definitely kept uh like smoke machine companies in business for like all of the 80s and 90s yeah <laughs> But I, I was thinking, like, you can think of worse planets to be on, right? Like, I was joking about, like, the planet of curry that gets on all your white clothes. Like, that that's <laughs> that would be bad. Coming at you with those sweet curry jokes. Right? Uh, the quicksand planet would, would be awful. The, mm-hmm. the planet of the rampaging um, uh, spring box that kill your lion dad. That would be a very sad yeah. place to be on. Mm-hmm. So I can think of worse I, I, I'm planets. Sorry, did you just casually? Did you just casually drop a Mufasa's death reference into this episode? Did you want to destroy everybody emotionally, or is it just you just wanted to see who would pick up on who's actually listening to you? How dare you, sir? Listen, 
you have, you owe everybody who's listening to this a lot of money in restitution for the trauma that you spoke through. I mean, the mouse is probably coming with for me now because no! of the reference. So, no. um, speaking of coming for you, Division Fourteen, they are not the time travel police. Yeah, mm. I'm kind of I kind of want to meet the time travel police. Uh, I know what that's that like. Da- uh, who, which which isn't that Daniels from Enterprise? He's the time travel police, right? I no, think so. I no, it's the I think it's the people in Voyager, right? The the uh, ransom Captain Ransom. Yeah. No. No, no, Ransom is Ransom. the Equinox guy. Yeah, oh, Ransom Braxton. is Equinox. Braxton! I watched yes. this episode recently. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, those are the time travel police. Cause, and Voyager is in a big amount of trouble. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. Man. So, so the, uh, the guy, is, it's funny because the guy we meet from Division 14 doesn't have a name. And mm-hmm. he is the same species as Arex and who are accepted to be the Edosians. And he is interestingly voiced by the Shax's uh, voice actor. So it's Fred oh. Datasiore. Yeah, so oh. it's, uh, it, was, it, was, it was him. I He's literally fine. just said, like, what the fuck when that ship appeared? <laughs> it was, like, yeah. such an awesome cinematic. I loved it. I just loved it. <laughs> uh, we saw the freaks. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, was that Darth Maul with his head chopped off? Like, was that a Darth Maul reference? I actually, I didn't even notice it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy I, with like his head know. in his lap. Yeah, or... and he had horns. Oh shoot, maybe. Oh, yeah. like in the extended there were universe. a few. There were a few references. They had the um, uh, the little head guys from uh, uh, Spirited Away. Uh, oh, we... <gasps> shut up! Yeah. Yeah, the like potatoy head dudes. Yeah. Um, so I I could see them throwing another uh, reference in. I'm, I'm sure some of those. I, I, the moon-faced lady also looked familiar, but I couldn't mm-hmm. place why. Maybe memory alpha one, though. Yeah. Um, there was also somebody who pointed out that there's one person in that thing who just looked normal. <laughs> like, what does that do? <laughs> like, I just don't like your personality, <laughs> Steve. You have to go. Your personality um, can't the be half, the, half, the main guy, the half-accelerated age, half-decelerated age, is that a reference back to... The episode where there was that admiral, right, who first tried to, like, was having something and got super young and then didn't work and he... I think so. I feel like there are, there are a couple of episodes of um, the different series where there there's, like, some sort of, like, age reversal. I mean, obviously, we know Picard, but then there not there, like, an episode of... I don't know, I don't it's TNG. It's TNG or Enterprise TNG. where every... It's TNG where everybody turns into oh, children, no. yep. too. Yep, because yeah. you have to follow yeah. Guinan, yeah. Noel Lauren, and Picard. Rascals, yes. Oh, yeah. Next with Noel, yes. Uh, actually, yeah. I was talking with one. There's an admiral who's trying to negotiate a peace treaty, and he's also super old, but he starts turning young, right? And yeah. is he? Yeah, he's like using some yeah, kind of treatment yeah, so he can finish doing the negotiations, but yes, you know, it's questionable whether he should be doing <laughs> that. And, as always, it's a big moral dilemma. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of ringing a bell. I was anyway, thinking though. I mean, in, in terms of like, in terms of this this show, the guy who does that, the voice of that character, did an amazing job with the voice acting of like <laughs> mixing turning, it up, oh, like, yeah. doing totally, and like and being like on on a on a dime, like turning around, like being in the crotchety, and then like being this little kid when he turns. It's amazing. I don't even know if it's a regular cast member or if it's a visiting, um, like a guest voice actor, but he crushed it. Oh, oh yeah. So too short for a season. Too short a season is the episode that uh, Rudy and Max were just mm-hmm. referencing. Um, First season, sixteenth was... episode of TNG. 
And it has one of those awful, like, let's take a uniform and make it slightly different. And that's an admiral's uniform outfit. Also, like, really great, like, prosthetic makeup where, like, you're a young man, but we're going to make you real wrinkled (laughs) and look like kind of a Crypt Keeper situation. One one thing I liked about uh, going back to the the gentleman who is hurting the strange people, they had some really good uh, uh, showcasing of how someone can intelligently use three arms. Usually you have like multi-armed creatures that have more weapons on each arm. But this guy was like thinking with one arm and then the other two were like behind his back and it kind of it kind of made sense so mm-hmm. um, yeah i really did appreciate yeah. the animation on that character yeah i i super agree with you yeah he was really fun i liked him a lot the uh anybody... other thing i just wanted to point out about the, the the guy with the aging is that he was wearing the old first contact uniform and this emphasizes that the events of nemesis are not that far behind us. They've probably switched to these mm. uniforms that we see fairly recently. If he's been, if he spent months on this ship, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, little little throwaway thing there. So I, I mean, this is probably it's a bit of a reach, but um, the energy creature on Rubido who um, that like feeds off the electricity. I, I don't know. I kind of thought about the expanse. If anybody sees the expanse of the the first season where there's the black oh, yeah. substance, like feeds off of electrical power and that's why the station is shut down mm. i thought it was kind of, i think it's i mean it's definitely not a main storyline here um mm-hmm. or really played out to be like kind of like a, a gothic horror situation but it's a really cool way of um putting people in danger i think in space in the future it's like having a creature who makes you unable to use any power i think that's pretty mm-hmm. awesome um and I don't know, maybe this is not the show for it. Maybe, like, another show would be a better use of this kind of, like, horrific situation. But that, I think that's pretty, that would be pretty cool. It kind of looked like the um, Farpoint feature, too, as well, right? Yeah. It's been a while since I watched yeah. that, though. Do they do the same thing in that show? No, um, not quite. So in, in that, I think there's, there's um, you know, uh, a couple... Um, like a mate situation and one of them is they can both shape shift and one of them is being held hostage and mm-hmm. made to shape into a station by the uh, or like a like a, a city and the other one is trying to uh, free it uh, and they're both intelligent creatures and that's what um that's the that's the that's the puzzle that Q gives Picard and, his, and the crew right uh, basically put humanity mm-hmm. on trial so but they're intelligent and they have that jellyfish kind of um, demeanor yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah but they, they didn't like break out no, of anything no. it was that they were transported they were the whole into thing. the yeah. station yeah. so yeah hmm. wanted to talk about ships real quick before we, we wrap up here uh, we saw the USS Osler which is the Division 14 ship named after William Osler one of the founding fathers founding physicians of Johns Hopkins mm-hmm. I, thought John, I thought, thought Johns Hopkins was founded by Johns and Hopkins but or you know Johns Hopkins, <laughs> but apparently not. Uh, Multiple Johns. Yeah, why isn't it called Hopkins. like Williams Osler's? Uh, anyway. Well, it might be an anagram. There's uh, so there's someone for J. There's someone for O. Oh, there you yeah. go. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if William Osler's pissed off about being the second O in Johns Hopkins, and whoever's the first O is like on his shit list. Anyway, um, the the Osler has some new looking rifles. Uh, then we had, we had the USS Oakland, which is 
wait for it. We don't see it, but a California class ship because it's Oakland, California. I knew it. Yeah, Oakland. It gotta be. Yep. Which is also makes sense why Ramsey is well suited to come on to the Cerritos. We saw the USS Ruberdo. Did any of you catch which kind of ship it is? I did not look. I didn't. It, it, it looked it, the but... same to me. It also yeah, looked like, like a California mm-hmm. class. Yeah. 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 yeah, I think so. Is is yeah? It, it definitely wasn't as glorious as the Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> with its, with its Long poutine. Live the Vancouver. Uh, hail. <laughs> yep. It is. Oui. It is. It is a California class ship. Although, is there a Ruberdo, California? Yeah, there is actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like, gotta love California, baby, apparently. It's a real big state. It's got lots of places in it. Yeah, Ruberdo is <laughs> a whole lot of places. This, this one. This one will be our new ship. And this next one will be this other ship. It's perfect. It, when they do the Rhode Island class, there's just one ship. <laughs> <laughs> there's the Providence. There are, and there then are like that's two it. places yeah. in Rhode Island. <laughs> As a New Englander myself, the... I have to sort of defend Rhode Island. I don't really know. Mustard, I feel like I don't necessarily have to defend Rhode Island, but maybe I should. The, the USS Rhode and the USS Island. But uh, there's... there's <laughs> it's, it's is in is right next to the Riverside, so... Okay, all right, Ooh, uh, that's interesting. Wow. Um, we also found out about the existence of elite seed planting teams. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Great, awesome, awesome. They might plant some seeds. I have like this is a this is an errant thought, and this probably would be better for another episode. But like, okay, so Captain Freeman's husband is an admiral. Captain Freeman is a captain on the worst ship in Starfleet. What's up with that? Can't show like, favoritism. I uh, maybe. I mean, but she's been a captain. I mean. Com- Apparently, they've been married for long enough for Mariner to be a fully grown human and possibly in her 30s, if we're talking about her having like her midlife crisis or uh, quarter life crisis or whatever. Mm. Um, so, like, what what is I don't understand the the this unless Mariner and Freeman are much more similar than they they say. Maybe there's some story backstory with that as well. But like, it's an interesting idea that I'm just going to put out there. Like Captain Freeman's doing all these like really shitty jobs on the shitty ship, and she's married to an admiral and conceivably has been a lifelong Starfleet officer. What? What's up? What's up with it? Were you they know? both demoted at the same time? Maybe. I mean, that would be a reason why Freeman would be pissed. Damn. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it also could just be like for convenience' sake and not have like a larger effect. But it made. It, it was, there were a couple of times times where I've questioned that. Um, in the last couple episodes, and like the, they're like getting really excited to like go on a, like a ninja mission to go maybe plant seeds. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those things where like, huh, your job is really shitty, and you want to have a better job. It's know? a disputed agricultural planet, so <laughs> yeah, <sorry. laughs> it could potentially lead to seed planting. Uh, let, let's talk about trivia real quick. I only have one from my end, which is that one of the cr- that you hear. A very like artificial crying when Ramsey and Mariner find the Ruberdo crew, and that is actually a crying sound effect that you can find on YouTube. If you like, put crying sound effect, and I, I have used it for another like sketch I had done on another podcast, <laughs> and so I, I have that sound effect. Um, and this to me is a reminder about something they mentioned in the panel on Star Trek Day, which is that this they hadn't finished all the ADR or voice recording mm. even for some of the background voices when lockdown started. And so was, uh, one of the really cool things about the Star Trek Day panels was seeing in all of the voice actors, like they, they showed each other's like recording setups and most of them have like little closets uh, that they recorded. Like Jack Quaid has, mm-hmm. uh, has a closet with audio panels, but like Tony Newsom has a home studio. Uh, that she does recording. In. I mean, she's big, she's big deal. 
Well, and she, she's apparently a musician, I think. So like, she, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a whole thing that she did on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So. Makes sense. Other, yeah. other things that you'll notice and want to talk about before we get to ratings? So let, let's, let's, let's move on to, to our ratings, strange new ratings. Uh, who will stick their neck out and give this a rating first? As always, I'll be putting them in the spreadsheet. <laughs> I'll go for it. Um, I'm going to give this episode an 8 out of 10. And, you know, I think earlier on, um, some of us were kind of knocking the, you know, maybe somewhat derivative uh, nature of the story, you know, that these are kind of things that we've seen before. But honestly, I found something kind of comforting about the fact mm-hmm. that we had sort of a, a classic transporter mix-up, uh, you know, as an element of the story here. And yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily the most original thing, but it felt in some ways like more of a classic Trek episode, but I think still had a lot of classic, um, a lot of great humor to go along with that as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I mean, something similar, but I'm, I'm going to do 7 out of 10 because I while... I think a lot of the problems that I have with the episode are like the episode as a part of a series. And realistically, there's not a lot that's actually like wrong, wrong with the episode. Like I'm not like this episode sucks and I hate it, but it's also not like it doesn't do anything new. And so I feel like I, there's in this weird place of like, it doesn't actually help the story. It doesn't actually help any of the characters, but I didn't not enjoy watching. I did enjoy that my time watching it. Um, and so it's a little bit in, in like on the dissection of the episode where I'm like, nah, here are all the pitfalls, which is fine. Cause that's kind of what we do here. So like, you know, I can't, uh, can't fault it, but I, I think like as an episode of Trek, it's pretty consistent with the rest of Trek, nothing bad about the episode, but nothing that I'm really like, man, that was special or that moment. I really, I'll remember that. And I want to watch that episode again, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So seven, I'm a seven. Okay. I will um, stick it to the Cardassians and give it four lights out of five. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, nice. Get out of here. Yes. Yes. Um, well done. Uh, yeah, so the, the references were good. Um, I actually went back and watched a little bit of Chain of Command. So that was... Maybe they're trying to do that. Who knows, right? Maybe they're trying to um, get people um, to trigger memories and go back and watch Trek. So that's that's part of the play. Um, didn't get the dog thing at all, right? Um, it, it just went in so many places. Um, but again, like the background to um, Mariner, right? The the, the academy mm. background, and we're all hoping there's something there. So, um, yeah, 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 4 out of 5. I suppose they are the same. But I, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I, I need to strongly disagree with you uh, and... Uh, give it an eight out of ten, uh, with the, because the dog is a very good dog. Very, uh, they're all good dogs, Brent. All of them. And in fact, the dog probably gets a higher rating uh, based on uh, that scale. But uh, yeah, for for me, I I was fine having the dog just be like a funny thing. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed all the sight gags, like the suddenly turning into a uh, a cube and then uh, <laughs> stopping ah, along the, oh, yeah. the hallway. Like th- there's just lots of stuff that was great. Uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, it, it's but yeah, it, it wasn't a standout episode, but it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't a bad episode by any means. So it, it was just a solid like I enjoyed it mm-hmm. and uh, I was fine with kind of the the parts that fell apart a little bit and it was fine mm-hmm. and yeah yeah 
Okay, I I'm gonna give it seven roulot seeds out of two. Nice. I thought I, I thought it was fine. I mean, it was good. It wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. I if they yeah. had planted those seeds, would it have been an eight for you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, then the, then it would be ten out of ten roulot seeds. Yeah. Okay. Uh, have to be a two-parter for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they never addressed that. What happened with the you know Ruat scene? May, maybe so, that's what happened. Huge plot in the next episode. Yeah, they're really. they're trying to like rescue Freeman. <laughs> so um, I uh, I'm gonna go with a six and a half. I I think this was an mm-hmm. enjoyable episode. It's a it's not a bad episode. I think six point five is not a bad rating, and so yeah. I'm just gonna stick with that because it's it's all right. It's 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 enjoyable, but it wasn't like I mm-hmm. I I didn't feel the second time I watched it that I was like. Oh man, that's added like a lot to my enjoyment. Like I, I got a lot that I could talk about here, but I didn't. It's not a show that I like, uh, which was which is the one that I uh, watched over and over. The um, oh man, I can't. No, I'm, I'm forgetting the the fifth episode. But anyway, it's not like that. So Cupid's arrow and arrow. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. So this this one didn't quite hit that level. So that that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all all we have for you this week. So thank you, yeah. Bill. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Rudy. And thank you, Emily, as well, wherever you are. Uh, I think she's in Milwaukee. But um, and she's, she's phasing. Right, she's phasing. She's phasing in and out. Um, <laughs> thank you to our listeners. We always appreciate that you're here. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes. Uh, thanks to Jishnu Guha for uh, creating our theme music for us. Listen to his podcast, Geek Fruit, if you have the chance. And then I also want to say, say a, a very heartfelt thank you to the Bog Aliens for not spending too much time on the screen. You know, there was a lot happening in this episode. We had to get on with it. They said that one line, and it was a great line, and we appreciate them for it. So thank you, Bog Aliens. You have our brackish gratitude. Not, not me. Aliens. They messed me up. I forgot <laughs> what I was talking about. It's going to be their power. Their Bog power. <laughs> no thank yous. <laughs> Never mind. Get out of here, bog aliens. Get out of here. I hope they have uh, clear water. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening again. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.